Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to College Football Live. Presented by Zillow. And will head to overtime in a classic here in the ACC. He throws to the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! And an emotional win for the Clemson Tigers. They're 4-0 for the first time in 13 years. Middle Tennessee shocking Miami. It's going to be a tough week down in Coral Gables. I told you they were going to break, and they did. The country's going to find out. Everything runs through leather. Martinez kept it himself. Great decision. Touchdown. There is joy on Rocky Top. Tennessee wins it. This is college football as good as it gets, man. Rocky Top's back. Let's go. Out of the tunnel this afternoon, Texas A&M leading wide receiver Anaya Smith will miss the rest of the season. This after fracturing his leg while he was blocking during the third quarter of the Aggies' win over Arkansas. Reports surfaced yesterday that Boise State QB Hank Bachmeyer is expected to transfer. Keep in mind, the transfer portal only open to grad students at the moment, so Bachmeyer not able to enter the portal just yet. He should have two years of eligibility remaining. Top 2024 college football prospect T.A. Cunningham has finally been ruled eligible to play in California. The transfer from Georgia had been in limbo for months, but will finally be able to play this Friday for Los Alamitos. Welcome to College Football Live. We will start immediately with college football senior writer Pete Thamel. Like in life, Pete, college football has to audible sometimes. And with Hurricane Ian approaching the East Coast, that's the case. Let's start with how it's affecting some of these slate of games. Yeah, Wendy, Ian has made its presence felt in the college football schedule on Saturday. Uh, South Carolina rescheduled its home game against South Carolina State to Thursday night in Columbia. USF was supposed to host East Carolina on Saturday night in Tampa. Instead, that game's going to be played in Boca Raton at Florida Atlantic's home field at 2.30 in the afternoon on Saturday. And then one final reschedule in Gainesville. The Swamp will host a Sunday matinee as the Eastern Washington game against Florida has been pushed back to a Sunday afternoon tilt. UCF holding firm with its SMU game so far. All right, Pete, you started with South Carolina. As you mentioned, they moved their game to Thursday. It begs the question, of course, across the state. As Clemson scheduled to play NC State on Saturday, what are the Tigers' plans as we stand right now? I know it can change. The Tigers' plans are like mine, Wendy. I'm going to go find a poncho for game day on Saturday morning. They are, uh, they are planning to endure the wet 
Uh, you remember the famous 2016 monsoon game there where Clemson brought their own guts against Notre Dame. Uh, look for a wet and wild one on Saturday night in Death Valley. Well, NC State trying to be the first team in quite some time to beat the Tigers two years in a row after they took down Clemson last year. And you teed me right up, Pete, because how can we not forget history repeating itself? 2015, college game day was on campus, an ABC primetime window. Clemson was number 12, number six Notre Dame. Uh, they won by two thanks to Deshaun Watson and the rain-soaked aftermath of Hurricane Joaquin. And after the game, it was Dabo Sweeney. He gave one of his most memorable quotes. Well, man, I'm just so proud of our team. You know, that's what it's all about. You know, it ain't always perfect. But what I told him tonight was, listen, we give you scholarships. We give you, uh, you know, stipends and meals and a place to live. We give you nice uniforms. I can't give you guts and I can't give you heart. And tonight, Hey, it was BYOG, bring your own guts. And they brought some guts and some heart, and they never quit to the last play. Greg McElroy, Joey Galloway always bring their her own guts. Uh, listen, let's just start with the very basics here, Greg, and that's what are the challenges specifically of playing in a game like this when we know there's likely to be some pretty serious inclement weather? Well, I remember calling a game actually involving NC State in 2016 against Notre Dame, and that was in a hurricane environment similar to what they might play in. That game was 10-3, and it was the sloppiest, nastiest game I've ever seen in my life. However, I think most people will tell you, most quarterbacks will tell you, we can live with wet balls. We can live with a wet ball, with wet terrain. That's all something that we can overcome. But what is difficult to overcome is to also have wind, that is constantly changing direction. So, Joey, I know you, you, speaking from a wide receiver's perspective, you might not feel as, as fondly about being able to manage wet conditions, but I never felt like it was a huge issue as long as the wind wasn't going to ramp up and start moving the ball all over the place. Yeah, I was not a fan of, of the wet ball. I wasn't a fan of the wet field. I wasn't a fan of the rain, the wind, any of that stuff. I wanted sunny, <laughs> uh, 70 degrees, so I could be really fast. It always causes an issue because, Greg, the difference is they dry it off for you, and then the center holds it tight, gives it to you, so it's not really that wet. But once you throw it, and it's coming through the rain, through the wind, all the conditions, by the time it gets to the receiver, then all of a sudden it's wet, and, and the wind is moving the ball. And so I hated those kind of games, and you mentioned every time you have one, the score is like 10-3. That's because eventually uh, a big run <laughs> is broke off by somebody missing a tackle because they slide down. What we do know, guys, about the weather, of course, is that both teams will have to play in the same conditions. And when you talk about Clemson, an absolute shootout, a tight game last week against Wake Forest. They escaped with the win. Both quarterbacks, but I'm going to ask the sit played well, but I'll specifically ask about DJU and what you saw, Greg, and then I'll be interested to hear from Joey. What did you see from this Tigers offense last weekend? Well, I think DJ has really come into his own. He's much more athletic, it appears, this year. He's willing to run. He's capable of running. And I love how he's driving the ball down the field. I mean, he's pulling off throws that he didn't even think to attempt last year. And his accuracy, for instance, as you just saw right there, locating his tight end in the back of the end zone, his accuracy has been next-level good. Yeah, college accuracy is a completion. But when he's locating the ball and negotiating defenders while making those completions, that's a whole other level. He's throwing it high to his receivers in the back of the end zone. He's throwing it with great touch down the field 
on deep balls. He did time and time again and went throw for throw with Sam Hartman, who I thought had a phenomenal game there for Wake Forest on the other side. So DJU was a little bit of a liability three weeks ago against Georgia Tech. That is completely flipped. I am no longer at all concerned about that position. If he continues to play like that, they'll be a very difficult out, Joey, for everyone they face this year. Yeah, definitely the best game we've seen him play this year and probably did the things that we expected him to do. Now he still has those moments where he'll throw a ball and everyone's wondering where did that come from. And then two throws later, he throws uh, a ball on the money 40 yards down the field is an amazing throw. Wendy, I think you mentioned something very interesting. Clemson coming off an emotional win against Wake Forest where they went to the very end of the game and found a way to win when on the other side, NC State had a game against UConn. So they just basically had a tune-up game to get ready for this game. And I think one of the toughest things uh, for these coaches to do is get these young men up every single week to play a football game. And Clemson's path to do that is going to be much tougher than what NC State has had to do to get ready for this weekend's game. I think that's a very valid point because you know and I know. I mean, it was exhausting just watching it and watching that game go into overtime the way both of those quarterbacks were playing. There's no question there had to be a lot of emotional energy expended. You do have to believe also, guys, that with this weather, with the heavy rain and possibly the wind, Greg, that the ground game will be paramount. If that's the case, uh, do you favor one or the other in terms of the rushing attack? It's a really good call because I love – and honestly, so much about being able to run the ball effectively is who are you running it against, <laughs> you know? So I think if you look at both NC State and Clemson's front sevens defensively, you're going to have to earn your yards. There's no doubt about it. I think if I had to favor one over the other, I would lean just ever so slightly in favor of Will Shipley and this Clemson Tiger rushing attack. But I also think if there were one offensive line in the ball game that I would lean towards, it'd probably be towards NC State. So it's a little bit of a coin toss. And it's a really interesting aspect because so much of the conversation will center around DJ Uyunglele. So much of the conversation will center around Devin Leary. And is this his time to really break through? And is this a statement opportunity for NC State? Whereas it right, might ultimately be the rushing game that leads to who is victorious in the game itself. So uh, I think that's definitely going to be a huge aspect for both these teams to try to establish it, especially if weather and the elements are a factor. Yeah, I think we got to find out what the weather is like for sure to, to figure out, hey, look, uh, if, the, if these quarterbacks, if Leary and DJU are playing uh, to their top capabilities, then the run game is sort of secondary. So I don't have a lean either way. Greg, you sounded like you were about 50-50 on each side of that, who has the better run game. Uh, everything will be focused around these quarterbacks and, and how they play in this game and absolutely hoping for good weather because we want to see these guys. There's so much talk about these ACC quarterbacks before the season began, Leary and DJU being in that conversation. You want to see them perform head-to-head just like we saw last week with DJU going against Sam Hartman. Clemson, by the way, guys, has won 36 straight games at home, the fourth longest streak in the FBS since 1990. How about this? The last time they lost at home, you have to go all the way back November 12, 2016. That was against Pittsburgh. Time now for our BMW Ultimate Performance. We've got two. How can we not? From the Big 12, both. Unranked Kansas State upset number six Oklahoma, 41-34, giving K-State Back-to-back road wins against AP top 10 teams for the first time in the poll era. The Wildcats now have three wins against Oklahoma since 2019. And down in Lubbock, unranked Texas Tech took down number 22 Texas, 37-34. That was in overtime, giving the Longhorns their fifth 
loss since the start of last season in which they led in the fourth quarter. Tied Nebraska for the most blown fourth quarter leads in the FBS during that time. You do not want to be in that company. The upsets have left Kansas. That's right. The 4-0 Jayhawks atop the Big 12 standings, just as we all predicted, of course. And speaking of predictions, among the 21 undefeated FBS teams, Kansas had the least probable path to an undefeated September. That was according to ESPN's FPI. Listen, I don't know how else to say it, Greg. Is Kansas, in your estimation, the real deal? I think they're for real. I, I really do. I think their quarterback is obviously the straw that stirs the drink. Jalen Daniels with how he can elevate his play given against the competition. He's the difference maker. Now, they have some liabilities on the deep side of the football. There's no doubt. They have some things that they need to clean up. And there's really, as we're looking at the talent, if we're going to be completely honest, the talent that they have on defense is not superstar studded. But they play hard, and that's ultimately all you can ask for. But offensively, they have legit dudes. Jalen Daniels being the best example of that. So I think with his ability to attack you but both with his legs and also very accurate throwing the football as well uh this this Jayhawks team is no no pushover they will make it difficult for everyone they play against and they might very well finish the season four and eight I mean that could definitely happen I don't think it's going to happen but it could definitely could but they're also <laughs> a team that could knock off the big 12 champion they really could like I think the range is that significant for the Kansas Jayhawks it's pretty funny how everyone's pretty excited about Kansas, but nobody wants to go too far. Everybody sort of measures what they say. Hey, they're pretty good. They're exciting. Jalen Daniels might be the most exciting player in the country the way he's playing so far, but everybody sort of pulls back when they get close enough to say that Kansas really can challenge to, for the Big 12 for the Big 12 championship. They've been fun to watch. Uh, their games against West Virginia and then another game, they spotted a team 14 points and then came back and found a way to win. Uh, much like App State, if you're looking for an exciting game, look up Kansas. Whoever they're playing, it's going to be a fun game to watch. <laughs> uh, they have been a fun team all season. Don't forget, this will look a little different last week as we got Oklahoma State and Baylor facing off against each other. Still to come on College Football Live. Big changes at Georgia Tech as the Yellow Jackets brace for wholesale makeover. Pete Thamel will be back with us to talk about the candidates for that job. Also, a timeline in making the decision. And if it was basketball, and it looks like it might be, they'd be bracket busters. Tennessee has things rolling on Rocky Top. Kansas and Kentucky are undefeated. We'll talk season surprises. College Football Live is presented by Zillow. There's no place like Zillow. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to 
College Football Live, joined again by ESPN senior college football writer Pete Thamel. Pete, we've already seen some schools part ways with their head coaches. Nebraska, of course, there's been several others. And now Georgia Tech, who not only uh, go in a different direction in terms of the head coach, but also the athletic director. So there are going to be some major changes there. Uh, what is the presumed plan of attack here? Well, Wendy, this has become a bit of a trend in college football, uh, firing the AD, hiring a new one, and then letting that AD pair himself with the new coach. So that will all unfold the next two months or so at Georgia Tech so they can be in position in early November to hire a new coach and really run a full, uh, a full throttle search. Well, when they do that, there will be some candidates that we'll hear about. We're already hearing names, some of them familiar, floated out there. Uh, take me through some of the potential replacements at Georgia Tech. Always tricky to project names when you don't know who's going to make the hire, so we still need to put the AD in place. But I think the two names that make the most sense at Georgia Tech, Wendy, are Jamie Chadwell, who's had unbelievable success at Coastal Carolina, also brings an option element back to Georgia Tech, which had a lot of success with it with Paul Johnson. And then there's former Yellow Jacket assistant Bill O'Brien, obviously the former Texans coach who's the OC at Alabama. And if you want to hire a coach early, another trend that we've seen recently in college football, the, the two names there are Bill Clark, who had a lot of success at UAB before stepping down for back surgery, and Bronco Mendenhall, the former UVA coach who stepped down. Bronco's ready to get back in it. All right, Pete, thank you. Jeff Collins, by the way, 10 and 28 as Georgia's head coach. That 263 win percentage, the worst by a head coach at Georgia Tech in, in their history, uh, those who stayed three seasons. So it did not work out. Uh, I mentioned some other openings. As you can see, we talked about Nebraska. Herm Edwards uh, left Arizona State. Georgia Tech also among those schools, as Pete just mentioned, that has uh, potential head coaching jobs. Uh, unless they don't replace them, I guess they're not potential, Greg. They're real jobs. Uh, listen, when you look at this list and, and, you know, before it's all over, we'll have some more added to it. Uh, where, where do you want to land? Who can claim they have the most desirable head coaching position? Uh, they have the most history. They also have, I think, maybe the biggest challenges. Uh, they don't have any recruits or any legitimate talent or talent density in their own backyard. So they're going to have to venture to places unknown to go lure in recruits. However, the commitment in the NIL era is there. The fact that you're in the Big Ten and specifically in the Big Ten West, I think it's a gettable division. And I think if you also look at it too, I mean, Nebraska is a place that still moves the needle nationally. We've talked about Nebraska maybe more on this show than any other, any other program for the most part, and they haven't even been in the mix. They're completely irrelevant So uh, at the moment. So I still think Nebraska of the three is the most desirable uh, they also probably have the deepest pockets and are most committed to winning in the future and in the, the present. So I think Nebraska, Joey, would be the most attractive. Yeah, I wonder if history even matters anymore to uh, some of these kids coming out of high school that are going to some of these colleges because they, they weren't around. They weren't, uh, you know, watching college football back in, you know, the day back when you played, Greg, you know, back in the 70s. And so I wonder, like, how much the history still matters to these people. I would say that the NIL money, uh, the facilities, the uniforms, uh, things like that, 
that seems like the first thing I would look into nowadays. Uh, how much money can we spend uh, to, to bring in these recruits? You're right. Nebraska is a tough spot from a recruiting standpoint, just because in state, there's not a lot of football players. But I think uh, if I'm looking at uh, where I would like to go. I don't know that Nebraska's tops for me. Yes, they do have history, but the fact that you're recruiting in-state is so tough to do. I don't know that that's what I would like to get myself into. I would check the pockets, how deep they are, before I make a decision. Well, you have to believe that they are deep to some degree, given their timing of that Scott Frost decision. Had they waited just another week or two more, it would have saved them a lot of money. But Timing is everything. All right, speaking of timing, if you take a look at your list of Heisman hopefuls before the season and compare it to yours now, if you're anything like us, it looks a whole lot different. More surprises on deck. You're watching College Football Live, presented by Zillow. College Football Live is presented by Zillow. There's no place like Zillow. Take a look at this week's college football rankings brought to you by Chick-fil-A. Georgia still in that top spot for the third consecutive week, followed by Alabama and Ohio State. Undefeated Kentucky moves up to number seven, their highest rank in nearly 50 years. Good job by the Wildcats. All right. And listen, I'm not even going to make the joke that some of these are what we expected because you know we didn't. We didn't think Kansas would be undefeated. I don't think we saw Kentucky doing what it's doing, Greg. But your biggest surprise team uh, as we move through, not quite halfway, but we're making our way in the season. Well, there's 21 undefeateds right now in college football. And the fact that Kansas is one of them is by far the biggest surprise to me in the college football season so far. They've been phenomenal, and been, honestly, it's been convincing, too. It's not like they're just getting lucky and finding a way to win. I mean, they're getting it done. They're scoring a lot of points. They have a great quarterback. More on him in a moment. So it has been, as you can see right there, 27 touchdowns they've scored already this year. They scored just 32 in all of last year. So they are well on their way with how they're able to put pressure on you throughout the course of the game. So I love Kansas as the my surprise team so far. I really like what Kansas is doing also, but I'm going to go with Tennessee. The fact that they're in the top 10, uh, they went on the road and knocked off Pitt, a game they lost last year. And they also just beat Florida last weekend, which is a team that had beaten them 16 out of the last 17 games. So now Tennessee's sitting at number four, and I'm telling you, they have LSU and then Alabama. So we're going to find out what they're made of, and then later in the season, Kentucky and at Georgia back-to-back. -back. So their schedule is sort of set up to find out what Tennessee is made of. All right, guys, we don't have a lot of time, but give me a player, most surprising player, Greg. Well, I just told you about Kansas, Jalen Daniels. I don't need to go on any further. The reason why they're in the spot they're in is because of their Enough quarterback. Said. That's for sure. I like him, too. Let's go with it. <laughs> there you go, Joey. Just land that plane and get on out of here. Of course, that Tennessee quarterback playing pretty well, too. See you tomorrow, everybody.